When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But everybody, you got Matt Jones on one side, Freddie Coleman on the other side, in for the boys, and then Canty and Carlin. Who was that? It was just talking. Oh, we're gonna get like we're gonna get to Chris Carlin, Matt. What was that nonsense? We're gonna get to Chris Carlin in a couple of seconds. By the way, good afternoon. How's everything going with you, Matt? It's going great until I heard that nonsense. Look, you're not going to find a bigger Andrew Wiggins fan than me. Uh-huh. I was sitting there at the yep. Peach Jam at AAU when he played against Julius Randle's team, yes. and he looked like the best basketball player I'd ever seen in high school. Right. So I love the kid, right. but, but that was absolute nonsense. Did he not remember game four? I like Andrew Wiggins, mm-hmm. but stop it. Uh, Carlin's coming on here at five. I'm. Over, I got a thing to say to him. Yeah, put it this way: when it comes to Chris Carlin, believe me, I know he was probably being cheeky. At least I hope he was being cheeky. But the last thing you need is to have somebody voting in the MVP for the NBA Finals if Golden State wins either in six or seven. Say, hey, you know what? Maybe Andrew Wiggins have more of an impact in this series than Steph Curry. Those conversations, as great as Andrew Wiggins has been in the last couple of games, 17 and 16 in game four on Friday, 26 and 13 last night in that game five went for Golden State. Even Steph Curry, the Golden State Warriors talked about, even though he shot poorly, this man has been able to find a home when he talked to Monica McNutt of ESPN Radio last night. The fact that, you know, everybody. He has a very uh, defined role in terms of how he can impact the game. He's an unbelievable athlete, but within our offense, he knows he's going to get some looks. He can be aggressive driving, hitting open, you know, taking open looks. And then on defense, he's found an identity in terms of great one-on-one defense, rebounding the basketball, a competitive spirit that I don't think he knew he had in him, you know, coming into the league uh, throughout his career. In modern basketball, Matt, you can have great guards, and you can't go anywhere without great guard play. But you need wings like Andrew Wiggins. And he found the perfect fit when it came to Golden State saying, hey, just DYJ, do your job, and we'll take care of everything else. I don't want my frustration at Carlin's nonsense to get in the way (laughs) of what really was an amazing game by Wiggins. And I think Steph Curry, not surprisingly, hit it right on the the head. Because the thing about Wiggins, it's not just he scored 26 points. That dunk was awesome at the Mm -hmm. end of the game. But what made the difference is the way he rebounds yep. and the way he plays defense. So I so go back to – I know it's weird to go back to AAU, but I saw him then in a competitive situation. There was the question of who is the best player in high school basketball. Is it Wiggins or is it Randall? And they had this game. It was an amazing game. Best high school level game I ever saw. Okay. And Wiggins – it was clear, was a little bit better than Julius Randle. It was like in that competitive situation, you saw him at his best. Then he went to Kansas and he ended up playing with Joel Embiid. And he was great there, but so was Embiid. So you never really saw what I saw in high school. Then he goes to the pros and he's on bad teams and you just don't get a chance to see that. And now that he's in a place Mm -hmm. where the competitiveness and what he's playing for is the highest level, I'm starting to see he's not the best player in the country like he was in AAU, but you're starting to see why it was people thought that 
years ago, and that's what makes me happy to get to watch. Matt Jones and Freddie coming in for Canty and Carl on ESPN Radio, giving you that straight talk, brought that straight talk wireless. It also goes to what Golden State does as an organization. Yes. In terms of when they bring people there, they know exactly how not make them fit, but have the fit around them because we've seen that in the past. I give you Sean Livingston, for example, a guy who I think would have been a potential NBA Hall of Famer had he not had that horrific injury to the Los Angeles Clippers. He goes to Golden State, and people say, what are they going to do with him? They say, here's how we're going to make this work around you and with you. And he became a three-time champion because when he came in, he could play three different positions. He could play point, could play shooting guard, could play small forward, and they're able to incorporate him and make it work that way. They've always been really good at doing that. It's not just a Steph... Clay Draymond thing. Look at Gary Payton, too, what he's been able to do. Yeah. Jordan Poole, for example. Kevon Looney. But they always seem to have a really good idea that that guy fits what we do. Let's make sure that comfort level is not going to be uncomfortable early. Wiggins got traded to them, and he just fit right in at his own pace. They were not going to rush him along. We've seen the fruits of that in the last couple of games and really all season long for Golden State. And go back to their original run when they had Andrew Bogut or David Lee, David Lee. and they would do that stuff with them. I mean, those guys, the best basketball they played in their career in some ways was then. Yep. You know, Jordan Poole's a perfect example. Like, I like Jordan Poole. I think Jordan Poole's a good player, but you're never going to convince me that if he was with any of these other teams, we'd be seeing this. Matter of fact, here's what's going to happen to Jordan Poole's career. No mm -hmm. offense to the kid, but he's going to end up signing for a lot of money probably somewhere else, and he ain't going to be the player he is in Golden State. You that's just the, that's, that's just the reality you because of what be you're talking about. You Steph Curry and Klay Thompson? Because those what? guys are past 30. You don't think he'll be the heir apparent to well, those guys? Well, maybe he will, but let's just say the heir will be not up there when it comes to him being <laughs> – if he's in Golden State. He ain't going to be on the level that we're seeing because they have a way. First of all, the number one thing, Steph draws so much attention sure. that he gives these guys lanes. I mean, they mm -hmm. the Celtics had two guys on Steph, not the whole game, but most of the game last night. Well, why does Wiggins have lanes to the basket? Well, in part because the best defenders are over there on Steph. <laughs> then Clay gets hot, and so at times you're getting the third best defender or sometimes even Grant Williams or something like that on Wiggins, Mismatches, and he's able yeah. to take advantage. So I love yeah. Andrew Wiggins. He's playing great, but Steph is still the reason even that happens. Well, I'm not, I'm not discounting that at all, just like I'm not discounting how Andrew Wiggins, what he's been able to do, same thing with Jordan Poole, for example, Gary Payton II, because you have outlier kind of guys like a Steph Curry, who have a great understanding of basketball, it could have been very easy, as much as Steph Curry struggled last night, to keep hunting for his shot, and he was trying to get himself out of it. He had a couple of wide-open looks that missed badly or went in and out. But to your point, in that fourth quarter, when I thought the Celtics got bullied mentally and physically by the Golden State Warriors, I didn't think I would say that at any point in this series, but they got mentally and physically bullied by the Golden State Warriors, especially in the fourth quarter. And a big part of that was a guy like Steph Curry saying, what is going to have to happen for me to make sure we win this ball game? If they're going to double-team me, if guys get the spots, that's where the ball's going to go. He wasn't trying to outthink himself or put himself in the game to try to save his ego. He's like, nope, 3 is good for my ego, not missing every three-point shot and putting my team in a perilous situation where we're looking up at 3-2 and then going on the road to Boston to try to make it a 3-3 series. I completely agree. That's, to me, a great player, a guy who, who knows in the moment, okay, maybe it's not happening for me, but I'm going to share the ball. And on Wiggins, you know, he was 0 for 6 from 3, and he had 26 points. So, like, yeah. it wasn't like he was, like, ultra hot. What I liked about him is three times in the fourth quarter, Mm -hmm. Okay, this is when they were extending that lead from four to like 13, 
three times in the fourth quarter, he posted a dude up and hit a little jump hook. Mm-hmm. He was doing a little baby magic there a little bit well over and, and 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 what he did was because they took Robert Williams out, he took advantage of them having no rim protector. So he was going up against Al Horford, or he was going up against Grant Williams, and he was taking those little uh, baby hooks, and he scored three of those. So for a guy like Wiggins, that's what stars do. I'm not saying Wiggins is a star. Yeah. But to be able to be 0 for 6 from 3 and still get his points and still contribute, that's why, again, I don't even know Andrew Wiggins. But I was still proud of him last night because I felt like this kid I've watched since he was 16 years old and waited to see him have something like this happen. You finally got to see it. And by the way, based on what Steph Curry said last night, he loved the fact how his teammates, especially Andrew Wiggins, were not going to be overwhelmed when they had a chance to step up. The fact that, you know, everybody stepped up, Wiggs, JP, you know, Clay hit some big shots. Draymond found his, his, his life and his spirit and the way he impacts the game. Uh, we could withstand going 9 for 40 as a team and me 0 for 9 and still come away with the win. So, obviously, uh track record says, you know, we'll shoot the ball better next game and uh, looking forward to uh, that bounce back. And another track record is, is usually if Golden State has a 3-2 lead in the series, they usually do not let that series get away. And that's why Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Freddie Coleman and Matt Jones in for Canty and Carl on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, as well as TuneIn Radio. You're going to find out why this word means so much to Andrew Wiggins being comfortable as a Golden State Warrior. That's after Matt Jones has this from Vivid Seats. I'm really glad you asked me, Freddie, because I was sitting here thinking, I want to tell Freddie Coleman something. I want to tell him about with the safe return of live events. He can be there to catch all the action in person with Vivid Seats. I get so excited about Vivid Seats that I just I have to talk about it because with every alley-oop slam, every one-timer, and every sideline grab, you can experience them live. And with Vivid Seats rewards, you can earn rewards like free tickets. Wow. All you have to do is collect stamps like my grandmother used to do at the grocery store, redeem and repeat. It's that easy. From upper level to courtside, Vivid Seats has you covered for all the events that matter to you. It's vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. They make me happy because life happens live. Here's Wiggins using a screen to get free. Drives the lane and flushes with a right hand. The message to the guys is to be confident going home, get your rest, and then let's get ready for to bring it back here. We don't have no choices. Just want to go home. It is Canty and Carl on an ESPN radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80, and tune in with Matt Jones and Freddie Coleman in for the boys today. Don't forget about the NBA Finals and ESPN radio. Game six on Thursday, 9 o'clock Eastern time as the Celtics host the Warriors, presented by ND. Pre-game coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern time on most ESPN radio stations. And like Matt Jones, my Metcalf had a chance to see Andrew Wiggins when he was a wee little Wiggins doing his thing as the number one team player in the country in high school and now having a chance to do that on the big stage. Let's bring in our man, Mario Metcalf, ESPN College basketball reporter and ESPN radio host. Hit him on Twitter, Metcalf by ESPN. Mario, Andrew, t- excuse me, Matt talked about Andrew in terms of seeing him in a competitive environment when he's about 16, 17 years of age, playing against Julius Randle, who's the number one player in the country, and surviving and succeeding in that competitive environment. What does it say about what Matt Jones said and what you saw back then? that led him to be comfortable in the moment the last couple of games for Golden State in the NBA Finals? I mean, talent was never his thing, his issue, right? Like, he was just always the most talented guy on the floor. Like, he played with this Canadian grassroots team, uh, and they'd walk in the gym, and you'd see Andrew Wiggins, and everyone would kind of stop. 
but he played with these two brothers, these twins oh, who were right. seven foot three. Yeah. Right? So yeah, like, I remember that. When they would walk in, it was wild. When they would walk in, right, like the whole gym would stop. Like it was just a, a scene. But Andrew has always had more talent than most of the guys on the floor, uh, but he just never put it together. I actually talked to a guy I know in the Canadian basketball system, and I was like, what happened to Andrew? Like why didn't he make the strides we all anticipated? And he said he just never had to. I mean, this guy's been the most dominant player on the floor since he was a kid. But in Golden State, now he's starting to put it together, become a championship-caliber player. And now we're seeing a guy who I think has to at least be in the conversation right behind Steph for finals MVP. Were you at that game? I was. You're just talking about with the seven-footers. Now I remember that. Mm-hmm. And they played Randall, yeah. and Randall had that guy, Matt Jones, that went to Duke on the team. And I think you were yeah, there, yeah. and it was like a who's who of college basketball coaches, and it was the best high school performance I ever saw guys have. Were you at that one at the Peach Jam? I was down there at Peach Jam. It was wild. It was chaotic, man. It was hot, and it was uh, – I mean, those environments for people who haven't been there, like that's basketball in like its most organic yes. format. And you see these guys before they become who they are. And, you know, Wiggins was a dude who, I mean, it was amazing to see a guy that talented at that age. And you figured he would be an NBA superstar one day, which is why I think we're surprised now because he was supposed to be here all along. But just now, in the last couple of years, he's starting to figure it out. Let me, Freddie, can I ask Myron something since we're reminiscing yeah, the ahead. AAU days year, real quick? What year was that, by the way, when you That would have been, well, he went to college 2014, so that would have been the summer of 2013 okay. probably. Okay. Yeah. Let me ask yeah. you a question because Wiggins has always been this answer for me. Who are the guys you remember watching at AAU that you thought, this dude is NBA star, and then for whatever reason it didn't happen? The two that always stuck out for me were Wiggins and Nerlens Noel, who in AAU I thought, forget it. This kid's going to be the one of the best shot blockers, to, shot blockers to ever play. Those were my two. Who are yours? That's a good list. I, I was at a game where Nerlens Noel blocked like 13 shots. Yes. And I remember the feeling of like, you know, it's one thing to see, like, uh, discouraged college players or NBA players, but to watch high school kids go, like, we've never seen anything like this, I mean, that's who Nerlens Noel was. So he's definitely high on that list. Jabari Parker, for me, yeah, is on that list. Like, I saw Jabari at the under-18 tryouts in Colorado Springs. Tyus Jones, Jaleel Okafor, like, all of the top guys are there. And Jabari was by far the best player. Mm-hmm. on the court like he was ready to play at the pro level then so I think he he was probably up there and then the other one for me is a guy who I don't even know where he is now but he was the number one pick it was Anthony something went to UNLV Anthony Bennett Anthony Bennett Anthony Bennett UNLV Anthony Bennett was another Canadian player was uh unstoppable I mean legitimately you were fearful for the kids across from him because physically <laughs> he was so much different than them uh, I thought for sure he'd get into the league and be like a, a Barkley or something like that. Yeah, he was the number one pick in the job of the Cleveland Cavaliers and disappeared right yeah, after yeah. that. He just could not be able to make that work. Yeah, of course, Ryan Matt, like behind the ones and twos, is going to play old Canada, although it was like, whoa, Canada, when it came to Anthony <laughs> Freddie, that was the worst well. draft. The Anthony Bennett <laughs> yeah, draft is the worst question. draft in NBA history. I may, while you're doing this, I'm going to pull that draft up and go read right you ahead. some names. Well, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you can read the names. Of the, don't protect the wild and the Yes, innocent. he was. Yes, he was, no doubt. Myron Metcalf, ESPN College Basketball Reporter. Hit him on Twitter, Metcalf by ESPN. Joining Freddie Coleman and Matt Jones on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. We know about the word when it comes to culture. 
and how much that means to Andrew Wiggins and fitting in with the Golden State Warriors. On the other side, the Boston Celtics, it seems that their culture so far, Mario, in this NBA Finals, has been goofiness with their kind of talent. Where you have 18 turnovers leading to 20 Golden State Warriors points. They go 21 to 31 from the three-throw line. What has it been like seeing a team that we know is the first time for this team and this coach being in this moment? But to me, they let game five get away after they worked so hard after being down 16 to take a lead in the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, for me, Freddie, it's like I never understand why we're always surprised when young teams end up in these spots, right? Like, think about all the mistakes young LeBron made. I remember Kobe against the Utah Jazz airballing, air-balling yeah. a shot in, yeah. in the playoffs, right? Like, so yeah. young players tend to reach these moments and struggle. Like, there there aren't a lot of young NBA champions. Like, there aren't a lot of examples of guys who were in the first four or five years of their careers who found a way to win an NBA championship. So for me, this is just playing in the NBA history. Yeah, they have it all. I actually think there's a case to be made that they're the better team, but Boston is making the kind of mistakes that young teams or teams led by young players tend to make. Like Tatum obviously is showing up in times, shrinking at times, but they just look nervous. They, they look like a team that's on this big stage. And, you know, when you're uh, when it's 1-1, right, and it's 2-2 and everybody's hyping you up, that's one thing. But all of a sudden, it's like in game five, they realized that the moment was real. Like, wait a minute, we can really win an NBA championship here. And it seemed like it was too much for them. I think what they haven't figured out yet, what they can't figure out, is how to fight through that adversity. Whereas Golden State, they've never gotten too high, never gotten too low, because they've been here so many times before. All right, I'm going to read you this 2013 NBA draft. Now, understand, the the first pick outside the lottery. I'm going to read you the lottery. First pick outside the lottery. Giannis. So these dudes, every name I'm going to read you went ahead of Giannis. This got Shane Larkin written all over it. Here we go. Anthony Bennett, Victor Oladipo, Otto Porter, Cody Zeller, Alex Lynn, Nerlens Noel, Ben McLemore, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Trey Burke, CJ McCollum, Michael Carter-Williams, Steven Adams, Kelly Olenek, Shabazz Muhammad, and then Giannis. Oh my goodness! I didn't know it was that bad, man. CJ McCollum's not that bad, but we're, talk, we're talking Lehigh basketball about the other guys. That's not a good dude. Okay, so draft. first of all, let's say you redid that draft. Mm. Number one is Giannis. Right. Who goes number yeah. two? CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum. Yeah, he's maybe second. CJ McCollum. Yeah, maybe CJ. Yeah, yeah, probably. Oladipo might be in there. Yeah, coming back uh, from after injury. That, I mean, but I mean, Giannis is by far the best player. I mean, in, in that draft, but it also goes to show like, you know, you look at all these mock drafts and we always make so many assumptions, but yeah. every draft you get like two or three really good players and everybody becomes a role player, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and that, that's what happened. That happened next week too. Yeah, with this by, draft. yeah. By the way, <laughs> guess who went number 27, Rudy Gobert. Yeah. So Rudy Gobert Ooh. goes second in that draft yeah, probably. Rudy Gobert but I mean, just think about that lottery, mm-hmm. Freddie. I mean, yep. that lottery is, was, man. That, that was more Lotto and Blotto than a lottery when it came to a lot of those guys. <laughs> At the top of the man. draft. Man, oh, man. Oh, it's a pleasure to admire Take care of my brother. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, thanks a lot. Great stuff on Myron Metcalf, ESPN College basketball reporter. Also, he's an ESPN radio host on the weekend. Hit him on Twitter at Metcalf by ESPN. Joining Freddie Coleman and Matt Jones and Canty and Carlin. Hit us on Twitter. We'd love to see what you have to say. My handle, Coleman ESPN. Matt's handle, KY Sports Radio. In the National Football League, Deshaun Watson, A.K. Brown's quarterback, spoke today about his situation. What does a former NFL quarterback think about said situation? That's next on ESPN Radio. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks for joining us on Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance and ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80, as well as tune in. He is Matt Jones. I am Freddie Cohen. Thanks for being a part of it and it to be a part of you. Always good to talk NFL, the man who won a Heisman Trophy in college and did pretty good with the Washington, used to be Redskins, as far as NFL career. He's now ESPN NFL analyst. He is Robert Griffin III. Hit him on Twitter at RG3. Before we talk about football, RG3 and Deshaun Watson, by the way, Great job last week, part of the college track and field coverage in Oregon. It looked like you sound like a time you wanted to get out there and run the hurdles against everybody else out there. Say that again? I said it looked like you wanted to get out there and run the hurdles against everybody else covering college track and field last week for ESPN. Oh, man, that was a, that was a blast. Got to give a shout-out to the track and field community. They were very receptive to me being on there. And, you know, I was able to go out and, and, and showcase what I, what I did in college, which is the 400 hurdles, but – that was a lot of fun, guys. I can tell you right now that 150 took about everything out of me uh, when I ran that, and uh, I felt like an elephant on the track. So I got a lot of respect for what those guys do. Abby Steiner, the uh, young yeah. woman from Kentucky, her yeah. 4 by 400 mm-hmm. relay leg is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Robert, did you see that? You know what I'm talking about? Talking about Abby Steiner from uh, Kentucky? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I, I, I called it. I was able to call the uh, NCAA track and field meet. So when we saw that, I, I kind of did the, the highlight replay. And for all my Mortal Kombat fans out there, we I kind of just said she told the rest of the field to get over here. Ran them down <laughs> from like 25, 30 meters back. And no, nah, man, it was it was beyond impressive. If anybody, uh, you know, if you, if you have any doubts about track and field, Check out a meet. I promise you, you yep. will come away impressed with these athletes on the men's and women's side. Yeah, you did a tremendous job, my friend. It was so much cool really hearing you and Dwight Stones being a part of that coverage and continue to knock it out when it comes to college track and field. Robert Griffin, the third ESPN NFL analyst on Canty and Carlin with Freddie Coleman and Matt Jones on ESPN Radio. What do you think about, and I hate to use this word, but what do you think about the situation involving Deshaun Watson, the Cleveland Browns quarterback? Yeah, Freddie and Mac, I mean, there's no words to describe what's going on there right now. I think it was just a cataclysmic decision for the Browns in general uh, to do what they did this offseason, trying to swap out their quarterback, Baker Mayfield, for Deshaun Watson. Uh, it's led to more distractions for the team. Obviously, the allegations that are against him are very serious allegations. Um, and it's just a, it's one of those situations where I think today, I don't know if he got any football questions. I think every question he was, that he was asked had something to do the sexual assault allegations that he's having to, I wouldn't even say deal with, but that he's facing right now. So, I mean, bravo to the reporters for, for asking the questions and, and, and putting him on the hot seat in that situation. But as a team, it's just a massive cloud that is around them as a team. 
And I think uh, it, it's deserving because the, the allegations of these women uh, should be taken seriously. Um, and, and also, you know, to Deshaun Watson, in his case, he's, he's maintaining his innocence. And uh, in, in the court of public opinion, there is no such thing as, as uh, innocent or so guilty. And he's definitely lost that battle. Um, it's just a matter of, of what do you do from here? Uh, you've got 24, 25, 26 sexual assault allegations against you. Um, that's, uh, that is a very difficult situation for the, the victims, uh, the alleged victims, and also for the Browns organization. Speaking of what do you do from here, your former team, Washington. I mean, it's just oh. it feels like it's one thing after another. The scandals from a few years back, all the stuff with Daniel Snyder, and now the comments that Jack Del Rio said. A, what do you think happens with that franchise? And B, if you were on the team and your coach had said what Del Rio said, would it? I, I hear a lot of these players saying, eh, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. What else are they going to say? they got to play for the guy. Do you think it matters, or is that kind of stuff just whatever? Yeah, I mean, I'll answer the first question about what happens with the team is, you know, it's just a team that's consistently marred in controversy, right? If, if it's not one thing, it's something else. And I can understand what they were thinking when they heard the comments by Jack. Listen, everyone has the right to freedom of speech. You can say how you feel. There's no here. You don't have to think a certain way, whether it be politically or not. But he didn't make a political statement, right? He he's a coach on a defense that is predominantly black, and you're not even going to be able to to look those guys in the face and tell them that I support you and the people who look like you uh, in the black community. He can't say that now after he made that comment. And I've heard a lot of guys say this: Jack Delrio is not the only. Coach person in a powerful position who feels the way that, that he does and that's a problem for me because I know as a player if I was in that locker room I'm not giving the extra effort for Jack Del Rio I'm not giving the 120 percent for Jack if these players the fact that yeah, we're going to try to get RG3 back, get him in a better spot. ESPN <laughs> that goes to show you, yeah. I'm only hearing like every other word, Freddie, and I'm hanging on every Absolutely. word. That's how good RG3 is. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. like, I can't hear half what you're saying, but yeah. I still want to know. And he brings up the he brings the point, excuse me, by the way, Matt Jones, Freddie, coming in for Canty and Carl on ESPN Radio in terms of that locker room. Certain locker rooms can deal with that, and we'll see if Washington will be able to go forth from that. RG3 is back. RG3, continue your point, by the way, about dealing with Jack Del Rio in the locker room with Washington football team. Yeah, can you guys hear me now? Yes, we can. Yes, that's better. Yeah, yeah. So essentially what I was saying is that Jack, Jack there in that locker room, uh, I'm not giving that extra 120% for Jack Del Rio. Uh, th- there's no player that's going to look at him and say, you know what, I-, I agree with what you said, and I appreciate you down in the community that I come from. If I'm a player, I'm giving that 120% for the guy next to me. I'm giving that 120%, you know, from my family. You know, from my own sense of pride and what I want to what I want to put on tape. But if it's if it's crunch time, we're in the Super Bowl, uh, we're in the playoffs, and I gotta look Jack Del Rio in the eyes, and I gotta say, am I am I deciding to put my body on the line for this man? I don't think that a lot of the players in that locker room feel that way anymore, and that's a problem because you want to have that continuity and that connectedness, that connective tissue on your team. And I think what Jack Del Rio did by making the statement that he did, he kind of just broke that apart. So. For a team and an organization that's having to deal with a lot of controversy and a, and a lot of bad things constantly happening to them, 
Zach Del Rio just made it worse. Chase Young and Jonathan Allen did come up and come out and defend him last week. Chase Young said, that's my guy. We know what kind of stroke he has in the organization. Same with Jonathan Allen, the defensive tackle. How much of that could go a long way in the locker room with those two African-American players saying, that's still our guy and we're going to go play for him? Yeah, I mean, it, it does mean the world. I know you just heard everything that, that I just said and how I feel, but I'm not in that locker room. And I know this for, for a certain. You guys can attest to this. We all have somebody that we work with that we just don't like, yep. right? Someone that we work <laughs> with that we don't agree with their opinion, yep. right? Yep. And, and in this situation, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, what they're doing is they're being professional. They're being pros. They understand that if they come out and they support Jack Del Rio in that locker room, uh, in the media, and accept his apology, then other guys in the locker room are going to do the same thing. They're going to accept his apology, and they'll move forward as professionals. But I can promise you right now, no matter what those guys say publicly, privately, they feel a certain type of way about what just happened because you don't compare the public killing of George Floyd to the storming of the Capitol because the president didn't like the results of the election, right? The context matters. What you say matters. And maybe Jack DeRio just made a mistake and flipped up, or maybe it's just truly how he feels. He is a great follow on Twitter, RG3, like we mentioned. Not only does a great job as a football analyst for ESPN, but believe me, the next time you watch track and field and he's there, you better pay attention. He is RG3, Robert Griffin III, joining us here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Keep it the great work, RG3. We'll talk to you soon, and take care, my friend. I appreciate you, Freddie and Matt. God bless on the rest of the show. Yeah, no doubt about that. By the way, hit us on Twitter, KY Sports Radio. That's Matt's handle, my handle, at Coleman ESPN. Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Don't forget the phone number as well, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Guess who's back when it comes to Wimbledon, plus the biggest damn lie, thanks to Money and Mickelson. That's next on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Joining us on Canty and Carlin, he's Matt Jones. I'm Freddie coming in for the boys today on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, and tune in. So if you're worried about, and you know you were, when it comes to Serena Williams not playing Wimbledon, she's going to get that wild card invitation. She's going to be back there at Wimbledon. She can't wait. Not only does the tournament need it, Matt, but the sport of tennis. Because more than ever before, stars matter. Even though it's a Serena star that has passed her prime, that kind of star is going to bring that kind of attention that if you're Wimbledon, you sorely need. You're talking to a guy who's a tennis fan and has, at one time I even covered it for a couple years, and I'm going to say something that says the state of tennis, which is if I were to look at the top ten list of women's players, I guarantee you there's seven or eight of them I've never even heard of, or at least (laughs) wouldn't have. And that's not – part of it is – Women's tennis used to be really, really top-heavy, and now it's a lot more spread out. But part of it is... This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. They need Serena, right? Like, she, mm-hmm. she, she moves the needle. The only person in sports that has ever moved the needle of their sport more as opposed to everyone else, is Tiger. Yep. It's Tiger and Serena. Mm-hmm. Those are the two. They do something that no one else in their sport can. I'm glad to see she's playing. And people should enjoy it because you're not going to see it often. And she is, in my opinion, the greatest female athlete of all time. By the way, here's the top ten of the women's tennis tour. Igor Swiatek, Annette Kontavit, Paula Badosa, Ange Jabour, Arena Sabalenka, Maria Sakari, Karolina Pliskova, Jessica Pagula, Daniel Collins, Garby Muguruza. There's not one the identified name. I've heard of her. Yeah, I'm not right. sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure. I've heard of any of the rest of them. Yeah, and I'm. Ta- yeah. And you're talking to somebody who watches yeah. tennis tournaments. Right. So yeah. like that's not. I'm not a huge fan anymore. Yeah. But like that is a bad sign. Yes. For the sport. But again, you can't help who's good. Sure. They need Serena. And by the way, it used to be even the foreign players you knew the Martina Navratilovas of the past, for example. You all said for a while that Serena's biggest rival at a certain point was not her sister Venus Williams because that was sort of a rivalry, but you knew about Martina Hingis, for example. You knew about those foreign players as well. Tennis is deeper in terms of talent, but that talent's also not staying as long. We're not, to your point, we're not going to see another Serena Williams playing in 240s because Mary Carrillo had the term, it's hard to play big babe tennis and have your body not revolt against big babe tennis. And Serena's had to overcome so many different injuries and still anytime she's on the court, she's going to get that kind of attention. We're not going to see this from any of these players five years down the line, much less, much less 15 to 20 years down the line. you my statement, though, about how 100%. she and Tiger Absolutely. move their sport more than any – I mean, look, LeBron no and all those guys are huge, but so basketball's already huge. Right. Serena and Tiger yep. took their sport more than anyone. And here's, yeah, here's why, because they made it more mainstream. There are plenty of young players that wanted to be like Tiger Woods, and there are plenty of young men and women that wanted to be like Serena Williams, and that's not going to stop anytime soon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm going to read you this quote word for word. At the end of the day, it's a business decision for my family's future, and it gave me a lot more free time, unquote. The person that said that, Bryson DeChambeau, who calls his move to live series a business decision. With Matt Jones and Freddie Cohen and Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, 6 Channel 80, and tune in. That money is significant because it's backed by the Saudis, Matt, when it comes to they have $800 billion in a treasure chest. They're just throwing money all over the place. This is the biggest transfer portal in the history of sports with the kind of money they're throwing out there for players to lead the PGA Tour like Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, spearheaded by Greg Norman. But the next time a player tells you this was a business decision, it is the biggest damn lie. It's a money decision, not a business decision. Well, look. I could talk about this all day, but I'll give you the simple part of it. There are three things about this that I think are important. Here's number one. American golfers feel like the need to lie in a way that European golfers don't. So Charles Schwartzel, he (laughs) won the first of these tournaments. How many of you all knew that out there? 
probably not very many because nobody watched the tournament, and if you did, you don't care who won. But Charles Schwartz won. When it was over, he made $4.75 million, mm-hmm. which is more than he's made in like the last five years as a golfer. And they were like, hey, what do you think about the fact where this money came from? And he, he said, yeah, in my life, I've never really asked where the money came from. <laughs> well, at least he's honest. Yes, I he mean, is. like, but to be honest with you, that was the exact same thing South African golfers used to say during apartheid. Yep. They just go, well, it's, it's not, it's not my fault. This is where the money comes from. Now they're just repeating it many years later. The Americans feel the need to somehow talk about other things, and I don't know why they do it. Just say. Mm-hmm. You do not care where this money comes from. Exactly. You want the money. You want to do it. You can say it's for your family if you want, but that's what it is. So don't lie to me. That's number one. Number two, nobody cares about these tournaments at all. None of them. I, and they're never going to care because part of what makes people care about a tournament is that it has existed, Freddie, for a long time, right? right. Like, if you just have a tournament and call it the Freddie Open, you're going to care because your name's Freddie. But the rest of the people are not going to care. But we care about the Memorial and Bay Hill, Arnold Palmer, and Pebble Beach because there's a history there, the Mm -hmm. players, et cetera. I don't even know what the names of these tournaments are. So no one's ever going to care. They're taking the money, but no one cares. But number three, and this is the thing I think that gets not talked about enough because of we talk so much about the moral component of this, it's bad for golf. I don't care what any of them say, it's bad for golf. The live tournaments are irrelevant. They are irrelevant. Sure. They matter not at all. Almost no one even knows who won the first one. Uh, the history-making first one, Freddie, who knows who won if you didn't hear me say Charles Schwartz. Mm-hmm. But what makes it bad is they've taken four or five guys – who are very marketable, they've left the tour, they're going to play where we don't care, Mm -hmm. and the tour now will have less tournaments with the most marketable players. Sure, That's not good for anybody. No, It's going to come a point where if more guys go, and I do think more guys will go. I agree. The only tournaments that will matter are the four majors. Yeah. That's it. That's because that'll be the only time the world comes together. To me, Freddie, that's bad for the sport. And here's another reason why it's bad, and you understand why Jay Monahan of the PJ Tour as a commissioner decided to dig his his trench to say, look, we're not going to have this. If you're not going to play on this tour, you can't play in any tour events. The problem with that is the tour does not control the majors. It's open, whether it's the British Open or as they call it the Open, the U.S. Open, the Masters or the PGA. Now, let the Masters – Say next That's year. That's different. Yeah. yeah. The Masters and the PGA and the U.S. Open and the Open band together and say, you know what? You want to join that golf series? Go right ahead. You want $200 million, you feel Mickelson, and you want a buck $25 million to Dustin Johnson? That's fine. But you can't play in our tournaments. You're not going to be allowed to play in those tournaments. Then we'll see exactly what kind of nonsense, or as a friend of mine put out there, Brandon Warren, what kind of word salad you want to put out there <laughs> to back up your term. Because you can say that knowing that you can still play in the majors. Dustin Johnson even said, I don't care about playing in the Ryder Cup, even though he's 5-0-0 last year in the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup means nothing to him, but the majors still do. Now, if the majors band together and say, you know what? We're going to follow Jay Monahan, the PJ Tour commissioner. You can't play in our championships. You can't play for a Masters. You can't play for a Grand Slam. Then we'll see how much of this big lie that they've been able to put out there, how much they're going to stand behind that, no matter what kind of money is going to be out there. I like also DeChambeau said that, that playing the series is going to help him build his charitable foundation. Yeah, whatever, Bryson. Sure. What, 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 what the charity is, I'm going to buy more stupid-looking hats on my head so that I can that can be my thing. Here's the other part of this. Yeah. Put Phil Mickelson and his gambling debts aside. Mm-hmm. 
The other people that have joined, if I were to have asked the average PGA Tour member, tell me the four golfers you like the least, you know who they would have said? Who? They'd have said Dustin Johnson. <laughs> They'd have said Patrick Reed. They'd okay. have said Bryson DeChambeau. And they might have said Kevin Na. Right. So I'm not surprised these guys joined. Like, they literally were. It's as if you took all the guys who everybody was like, oh, those guys, here they go again. Man, yep. will you get them out of here? Well, guess what? They did. Now, we'll see if the nice guys, quote unquote, go. Right. But right now, it's all the dudes that were hanging out in detention. That's who went to the live. <laughs> the tour. best part of the PJ Tour is that Roy McIlroy and guys like him are saying, nope, we're not going to join them. We're going to stay right where we are. Deshaun Watson, the Cleveland Browns, spoke. And yes, it went how you might have expected. That's next on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio.